This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh... And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And not sure if any of you listening to this watched Thursday Night Football, but what a game. I don't think any of us had any high expectations, I guess, for a Rams team that is, you know, on the outside looking into the playoffs, a Raiders team in the same situation. But it ended up being a really fun game, Perry. We were kind of talking about a pre-show. Um, thoughts on Baker Mayfield coming in, um, playing in the building for two days, and then winning an actual football game on a game-winning drive. Yeah, I mean, no matter who you are, if you come into a new organization, don't know the playbook, never pl- practice with the players, like just are simply 40 hours into your new job and you – uh, lead a 98-yard touchdown drive to win a game. It's pretty impressive. It was uh, very impressive to watch. I felt very poorly for the Raiders' defense who allowed that to happen. Yeah, and I mean, anytime I don't get a ton of Raiders games in Wisconsin, obviously, but you know, whatever we see on red zone. So getting to watch Devonte Adams in a whole football game was also yes. a lot of fun. He just is so special, and I I don't even I, th- I don't think we have words for it anymore. Like we saw him do it in Green Bay for so many years, and the fact that he's still doing it in you know vegas with with Derek carr is just incredible he is one of one like i don't know how else to describe him anymore he is just he looks bored (laughs) doing greatness like he's just on another level to everyone else he made he made one of the best cornerbacks in the league in jalen ramsey look like a fool last night all night long yeah. And I mean, of course, we got to see that a couple times when he was with Green Bay. That was a lot of fun. But that is not the point of the show today. We do have the bye week for the Packers. So we posted on Twitter that we would be doing a Q&A. And we got some really good questions, actually, some really interesting things to kind of talk about on the during the bye week. So 
let's get started right away. Uh, we have a question from Robin, and he said, outside of the NFC North, who do you love to see the Packers beat when they're on the schedule and why? A lot of people say the Cowboys, but I love a win over the Seahawks the most. Who you got? Oh, it's 100% the Seahawks, <laughs> especially when it was Russ. Now I don't know if I hate the Seahawks nearly as much, but I think ever since 2014, um, I've just had – and even – yeah – The Cowboys are a close second because I was raised by my dad, who obviously like that was the rivalry when he was growing up. But for me, I just feel like the Seahawks robbed that 2014 Packers of a Super Bowl and I will forever dislike them and root against them. Yeah, something about the NFC West. I feel like I could pick not really the Rams, but like any of the other three. The Niners are a close second. The Niners are mine. And uh and it's because of Colin Kaepernick, honestly. Like, he ruined so many playoff games for me and my dad watching football, like seeing him just run for like a million yards. That even now, obviously, that, you know, it's a completely different team. Every time the Packers play the 49ers, I just expect the Packers defense to give up like 300 yards on the ground. And I get like PTSD every time I see a 49ers quarterback that like is at all mobile because I think of all the playoff games that were lost by the Packers when they were in that really hot kind of early 2010s era yeah and now Kyle Shanahan just like he's got Matt LaFleur's number a little bit so the rivalry (laughs) continues yeah so pretty much the entire NFC West you know the Cardinals obviously there's been some playoff games that have come down to the wire but I I don't really have a problem with them as much now but I, I do understand that we probably have some recency bias and I think the Cowboys would definitely be if you asked a lot of older Packer fans it would be the Cowboys for sure yeah. Um, all right. Josh asked, why are the Packers not undefeated? There's there's a lot here. <laughs> Josh, how much time do you have? Are we supposed to seriously answer this question or is this a joke? I'm sure it's a joke, but I I think that there's, you know, plenty of reasons for them to not be undefeated. Um, do you have any thoughts on that or do you want to just move right along? Yeah, let's move right along. (laughs) If you've listened to go back to any episode of this show and listen to us explain why the Packers have been losing and you will know the answer to that question. Because the list is longer than a CVS receipt. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Action Tom asks, why do so many people want Jim Leonard to be the Packers defensive coordinator? Hey, you're a Wisconsinite, so why don't you take this question? I mean, I think that's I think that's a lot of it is there's like a familiarity bias where, you know, the, the Wisconsin defense has been pretty good. There's a lot of Wisconsin defenders in the NFL right now. And Jim Leonard is a very familiar 
recognizable face and name for Packers fans because most of them, like you said, are also Badgers fans. Um, and I mean, he he's a good coach. He has done a nice job as the interim Badger head coach, but I just, yeah, I, th- I think it's recency and familiarity bias more than anything else as far as, you know, his credentials to be an NFL defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think so too. I think people just really love him as a Badgers coach and he obviously has coached some very very good defenses for the wisconsin badgers but it's just a a localness that i think you all love yeah it's like the packers uh packers fans wanting every badger that ever played to get drafted uh each year and we're not even going to talk about the the last one that was uh so notable but (laughs) all right robbie had two questions and they were both really good so we are going to take both of them he said, and this one, this one was really thought provoking. It, I think, it caught us kind of off guard. If you could trade one starter of the same position between Green Bay and each NFC North team, what three swaps would you make? This was my favorite question because it really is so intriguing. Um, I think the example he gave was probably the one that you and I both would yes. choose because the, Bear, the Bears don't exactly have a roster where you want to steal players from, but it was your draft crush and it's a position of need. So I'm trading Darnell Savage for Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, 100%. He gave the perfect example. So he must listen to the show and know that we love yeah. Jaquan Brisker because I was all in on that. And even if that wasn't his example, that is 100% a move that I would make for the bears. So that one, maybe a little bit of a layup We're we're bringing in some safety help on a rookie contract. Uh, let's do the Vikings next. Who do you have for the Vikings? I will. I think the obvious answer here, right. Is Justin Jefferson. Same. Yep. But I would actually rather grab Amon Ross St. Brown because they think he fits in the Packers offense. Like I would swap Alan Lazard for Amon Ra in like a heartbeat. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> um, but if I'm going Vikings, I actually think I'd rather trade Dean Lowry for Daniil Hunter. Okay. that's See, that's really interesting because I, I'm i glad that you said Alan Lazard because you're taking this seriously. I would have given up Sammy Watkins for Justin <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if that was cheating, but that would have been my swap is to, to send Sammy Watkins to the Vikings and take Justin Jefferson. Um, so you kind of did the Lions one already. You, Amon Ra, he was on my list. Um, but I actually am giving up Dean Lowry for Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I also had that in mind as well. And I mean, yeah. this is this is I don't think we you know shocked anyone with our picks. I think we took arguably some of the best players on their respective teams or the cheapest on a rookie deal. But really curious, actually, what you know what moves other people would make. I like the yeah. the Saint Brown pick that you made because I was I was toying with that one as well. I was just trying to think of like actual comps and actual trades that not realistically could happen. Obviously the Lions would never trade Amon Ra, but like, you know, he he's obviously a boundary corner, big body guy, but he can also move into the slot like Lazard. He can block. I was just thinking like he's just kind of a younger, better version of him. And I also he I had such a draft crush on him. Um, and he's a star, but I wanted Daniel Hunter because I was thinking like, yes, obviously Justin Jefferson's probably like going to be the best wide receiver in the league in a few short games, <laughs> if not one next season. Um, but Daniel Hunter next to Kenny Clark and Preston and Rashawn would just be pretty nasty, pretty fun. Can you imagine if the Packers had a guy like Zadarius Smith on their team, what that, <laughs> the edge rush would look like right now? 
It's not funny. <laughs> I, I will trade Jonathan Garvin to the We're laughing, but it's not funny. <laughs> for uh, Z to come back. I If he breaks his uh, career or his uh, sack record that he set with the Packers at 13.5, he, he could do it. He's got nine and a half right now on the season. So that would just – that would really add insult to injury if he uh, put on some purple and set a new career best. But yeah, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to think about it. Um we didn't write any poems about him or anything back in the day, so it's fine. No hard feelings. Second question from Robbie is also really good. Uh, what lessons do you think the Packers players and coaching staff learned this year? I ask since they tend to repeat their mistakes game after game. And we've talked about this a little bit, you know, on some of the other shows. But I do think that it's it's worth kind of rehashing because it is interesting. Oh, so you want me to give, <laughs> so you want me to give my lessons? Okay. Um, well, hopefully tackling. Um. But I think we kind of talked about this after the Eagles loss. And I think this is just one of those years where we're going to see how the the coaching staff responds to adversity. And a lot of them, players too, because there's a lot of young players on this team that haven't necessarily gone through losing seasons. They're they're so fresh. They came on either like, you know, during the LaFleur era at some point where this team was winning 13 games a year. They were almost a, a lock in the NFC as, you know, a team that analysts picked every season to go to the Super Bowl or at least make a deep playoff push. So to have this kind of season that they're having, I think, is like a wake up call for the locker room to see how they band together and respond to adversity because winning is easy. It's not. It's really hard. But when you're winning, you know, it kind of masks a lot of deficiencies. So I think for Matt LaFleur and, you know, whatever happens with the rest of his coaching staff and the team, this is a lesson for them on how to respond to adversity and move forward because, We've talked about it again on previous shows. There has kind of been a reputation around the NFL that when this team gets punched in the mouth, they can't respond. So I think this season is learning how to respond to getting punched in the mouth. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I would second all of those sentiments. I think um, this season's definitely taught them how much they need to rally around themselves. Um, I think it's been like, hopefully a bit of a galvanizing season for the locker room, just bringing them like losing can do one of two things. You can allow it to kind of tear each other apart or it can bring you together. And I hope that it's going to be a season that brings everyone together. I think we won't know some of the lessons that they've learned probably until next season. Um, just because sometimes it takes some time for things to sink in. It takes an off season to, be reflective and self-scout, if you will. But I do hope that it's been kind of one of those seasons for Matt LaFleur as a leader to like kind of learn what his team needs. Because you're right, when you're winning, it's easy to just be kind of rah-rah, kind of excited. Yay, look at us, we're amazing. But it's a lot harder to take like a hard look in the mirror and try to like be self-aware and grow from difficult experiences. So I think we'll see a lot of that from LaFleur. But and uh, the second one that I think we won't see until the offseason is just like, are the Packers willing to actually make hard changes after one. difficult seasons? Like if they bring back Joe Barry, for example, then have we learned anything? You know, but if they decide to make changes, if they unfortunately have to make some potentially difficult roster situations, they we actually already saw them do it by cutting Amari Rogers after the horrible fumble game. Like that to me would be a huge lesson to just say, like, kind of remember, yes, we have to take care of our players. And yes, like we are a brotherhood, if you will. 
but it's also a business and we have to make good business decisions in order to stay a winning franchise. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because, you know, the question specifically asked about, you know, the coaching staff um, and the players, but I wonder if this kind of season changes things for the front office as well. Like, do they operate any differently? Do they swing maybe more for the fences and the Packers, you know, are not in a cap situation to make that happen this year, but you know, Mm -hmm. do we see them, kind of go quote unquote all in. And I think, you know, some of that'll be contingent upon if Aaron Rodgers is coming back or if he retires or what any of that looks like, but you know, everything is draft and develop and everything is very set in stone for how we think the Packers operate. So, you know, maybe this season is their wake up call where, you know, your window is closing, whether you want to believe it is or not. So, you know, you can either keep it half open for the next five seasons, or you can really put all your eggs in one basket and, you know, make the moves that we've seen teams like the Rams make and see how it pays off. But I mean, I'm not advocating for that. I think I'm more saying like you've had the same adage for decades now and like the NFL is different. So are you going to modernize with the times and like go and like, yes, some of that is making those decisions. And like I said, I'm not saying they should like totally throw everything that they've done over the last 30 years out the window, because obviously they've been like one of the most successful franchises in the NFL, whether fans want to complain or not about only having two rings. Like there are teams who have zero in that amount of time or longer. Yeah. Like the Vikings and the bears and lots of other teams, right. Who haven't even gotten close to having as many opportunities. I mean, we're complaining about losing four NFC championship games. Like what team has even made the NFC championship game? in that many times and so there is a lot of good that this Packers Mm -hmm. team or franchise I should say have built in terms of like sustaining success and I'm not saying throw it all out the window after one bad season however you should look at what went wrong this year and hopefully make tweaks to the process to modernize with the way the NFL is moving absolutely I think that is very well said um we do have one more question it is kind of a it's not a joke, but I don't know how you maybe are going to answer this. Very interested. Um, do you have a favorite Christmas cookie, Perry Goldstein? So I don't celebrate Christmas, as most listeners know. I'm Jewish. We celebrate Hanukkah, and we eat jelly donuts. I love jelly donuts. What it's <laughs> worth. <laughs> um, and chocolate babka, and it's delicious. I'm coming over. Okay. Um, my favorite christmas cookie is spritz cookies and that's it there's nothing you know really special about that that's just my favorite kind of christmas cookie and i don't just eat them at christmas i eat them whenever i find them so um perry i have one more question for you before we wrap this up is there a game this week that you're most excited to watch considering the packers aren't playing like is there one on the schedule that you're going to tune into or are you just going to put on red zone for seven hours and like see what happens so I was actually thinking of doing something else with my Sunday. However, <laughs> also fair. I guess that's an option. <laughs> um, depending on the weather here, uh, New York has some really wonderful Christmas markets. I was hoping to go check one of those out. Um, but if I'm looking at the schedule, I mean, Dolphins Chargers looks fun. Bucks 49ers looks fun. Uh, Bill's Jets is going to be fun. So I may watch a little football, but I may also try to enjoy my Sunday. That's fair. I, I respect you for having interests outside of sitting in front of your television because I forgot that that was a thing that people do. 
Um, but maybe that's because it's like sleet snowing outside right now. So I don't really plan to leave my house for the next. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But what about you? What's the game you're looking forward to? Um, honestly, it's probably either Jets Bills or um, Eagles Giants, just because Eagles Giants, I think, is going to be really interesting as far as, you know, can the Eagles claim the one seed in the NFC um, down the stretch here? Please do, Eagles. Please don't let the Vikings have the one seed. That's just gross. But yeah. I think any any final thoughts before we wrap the show? This was fun. I like uh, I like when people send in questions, and we got some really fun ones this week. Yeah, it was a fun bye week Q and A. Thank you everyone for participating, and uh, just looking forward to. We actually have two Sundays without Packers football because the Packers don't play the Rams until yeah. Monday night. So it'll be 10 days until we we're recording this on December 9th, 10 days until we get Packers football again. So everyone enjoy the little break. <laughs> yes, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at packs. What she said, you can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Um, please, you know, look for the podcast, subscribe everywhere that you listen to your podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all those good ones. Remember to download the show. It really helps us out with our listening numbers and go pack go. Go pack go.